Welcome to this episode of Sound Bites, a podcast series produced by the National Psoriasis Foundation, the nation's leading organization for individuals living with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. In each episode, someone who lives with psoriatic disease, a loved one, or an expert will share insights with you on living well. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to our podcast and join us every month at SoundBites for more insights on understanding, managing, and thriving with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. My name is Corrine Pettit, and I'm here today to talk about ear psoriasis with Dr. Abby Van Voorhees, professor and chair of dermatology at Eastern Virginia Medical School, where she specializes in the care of patients with psoriasis and eczema. Dr. Van Voorhees is actively involved in clinical research related to the treatment of psoriasis and is the chair of the National Psoriasis Foundation's Medical Board, where she has been a member since 2007. She's also on the board of directors of the American Academy of Dermatology. She is the chair and program director of the Department of Dermatology of the Eastern Virginia Medical School in Norfolk, Virginia. Welcome, Dr. Van Voorhees. Uh, Let's begin by talking about areas that are considered difficult to treat when affected by psoriasis. Could you please identify what areas are difficult to treat and why? The areas in the body that are hard to treat are often areas that are hard to reach for one reason or another. So, for example, the scalp is difficult because many of us have hair and it's hard to get medication that's topical into the scalp. Other areas might be in the genital area. Again, those are areas that are are harder to reach physically, and also we have hair there. And so therefore, different topical medications will be more or less cosmetically acceptable. But certainly, one area that we're highlighting today has to do with the ear. And again, it's hard to access. Our ears are small. We have our ear canal that's very narrow. So it's hard to get medication where we need it to be. And where can psoriasis develop in relation to the ears? Is it outside of the ear or inside the ear canal? You know, really, the answer is everywhere. Uh, So psoriasis certainly can be behind the ear. And in fact, we've often thought that that occurs because, uh, for example, when people wear glasses, psoriasis can occur where the glasses rest, um, causing some irritation there that we think triggers psoriasis. But that's not the only place. Psoriasis can also involve the inside of the ear and extend into the ear canal, too. And when that occurs, uh, it can be very, very itchy, and, um, and there's something that's, that's very troublesome to patients. And is there a certain type of psoriasis that typically develops in the ear? You know, we're not sure about that. We recently uh, polled the key opinion leaders on the medical board of the National Psoriasis Foundation, and most of us think that we see psoriasis in the ear more commonly when it also involves the scalp. And there's a sort of intuitive nature about that. You could say it's close by, and therefore it wouldn't be shocking to think that the two can occur concurrently. However, that may or may not be true. Um, It's just that it's not been very rigorously studied up until this point. And how common is ear psoriasis? Yeah, I don't think I know the answer to that either, um, because we really haven't thought about the involvement in the ear that extensively. I suspect it's more common when I speak with my patients. They often speak about it, but they often don't mention it unless I actively bring it up. And what symptoms occur with ear psoriasis? I find that the most common thing is people complain of itch, Uh, you know, and that can be annoying because 
it's hard to reach. It's hard to scratch that area that's bothering you. Some patients will complain of a lot of scale, and that scaling sometimes can accumulate in the ear, actually causing a, a blockage in the ear. I remember a patient of mine telling me that you know, he had to go and get his ears cleaned out on a very regular basis, like every few months, because he had so much scale accumulating, and then it would kind of get hard and kind of form these um, these dense concretions. Uh, so, you know, itchiness is one thing. Scaling is another thing. Um, and then some people will complain of tenderness. And I think that occurs often when the scaling accumulates, putting pressure on the skin, especially inside the ear. We don't have that much room there. And so if there's a blockage, it um, it can be uncomfortable. And then the last thing is actually impaired hearing. You can imagine if you had a like an earplug sitting in your ear um, that's come from this this scale formation, uh, that that could impair your hearing. And that certainly is troubling to patients. Sometimes, though, my patients don't think of mentioning it to me. And I don't think dermatologists have been accustomed to asking their patients about any kind of hearing impairment. And earlier you mentioned uh, the possibility of it being related to scalp psoriasis. Uh, does ear psoriasis typically also occur with psoriasis on the face? Psoriasis on, is fairly uncommon on the face. And so I don't think we know for sure. Generally, we see psoriasis on the face when psoriasis is more severe elsewhere. And so it is possible that those are connected, but it may be more a sign of overall severity rather than uniquely if you get involvement of psoriasis on the face, you will also get it in the ear. So just like everything else with psoriasis, it's kind of a case-by-case basis. Yes, but what's really remarkable is that there's so little information about psoriasis when it involves the ear. You know, we've thought about psoriasis in the scalp, We think about psoriasis in the genital area. We think about psoriasis on the palms and soles, other areas that are very tricky. Um, But up until now, we've not really thought about the ear. And I think it's, it's only as we've gotten more successful at treating the other areas that we've begun to realize that we need to think about places like the ear, too. And is it possible to flare ear psoriasis if someone gets their ears pierced? Or are there other triggers that could flare the skin in that area? So any kind of trauma we believe in psoriasis can cause psoriasis to flare. So yes, it is possible that if you were to pierce an ear, you could get psoriasis at the site of the ear piercing. It's not common. Nowadays, I think, you know, more commonly people get their ears pierced when they're in childhood and we don't see psoriasis occurring as frequently in childhood as we do in adults. So it may be that we are doing the lion's share of our piercing kind of before uh, people uh, have active disease. But certainly any kind of trauma, and that includes poking inside the ear with Q-tips. It includes sticking other tools in the ear to try to pull out some of the scale. And it could also um, include uh, things like piercing. Um, Any of those kind of traumas can trigger psoriasis at that location. Do symptoms overlap with earwax blockage or swimmer's ear? It certainly could overlap with earwax blockage because the scale concretion that we um, we find that can occur in psoriasis often has earwax in it. And so that very much could uh, behave similarly. 
swimmers' ear, people's ears get very, very swollen and red. And we don't tend to see as much of that kind of swelling. So I think you could make a, a pretty easy distinction between swimmer's ear and psoriasis in the ear. I know our listeners are really curious to find out, can ear psoriasis lead to loss of hearing? Yes. So um, if that blockage remains in place, then essentially it creates a barrier so that the sound waves don't travel down the ear canal. And patients have told me that when they get the scaling uh, removed, that their hearing is much improved. So it's a temporary hearing loss or it can be permanent? Um, To my understanding, it's temporary, uh, but it is certainly uh, limiting. At what point do you refer your patients for an ENT for an assessment? I think patients should be referred for an anti-assessment if they're having any kind of hearing loss. Um, If I take my otoscope and I look down the canal and I see a lot of debris, then I send them also to ENT. So um, either patient symptoms or by observation. And how is ear psoriasis diagnosed? Really, it's diagnosed visually. So it's what we can see. Occasionally, it's if patients say that their psoriasis is that their ears are very, very itchy. So it's either what we can see or symptoms. And thinking about severity of the disease, what treatments are appropriate to treat ear psoriasis? Most of the time, ear psoriasis can be managed with topical medications. All of the same topical medications that we might use on other parts of the body, we also might think about in ear psoriasis. So the most commonly used topicals are topical steroids. And in general, we want to be using fairly mild potency topical steroids since the the skin of the ear is fairly thin. Other topicals that we sometimes consider are the calcineuron inhibitors. Um, We also look at the vitamin D agents. Those also can be utilized to treat ear psoriasis. Uh, So topically, those might be some of the, um, the treatments that we use. But I think when topicals don't work, then just like in other difficult to treat areas where the surface area is not large, but the um, the symptoms are severe, we could think about using ultraviolet light therapy. And this is one place where I find sometimes the eczema laser can be very helpful at treating the back of the, of the ear or inside the, the conchal bowl of the ear. But when that doesn't do the job, then uh, thinking about systemic therapy can be indicated if someone is really uh, disabled by... Um, by their symptoms or by the blockages of the ear canal. And so there we might be thinking about conventional systemic therapies such as methotrexate, um, or we might be thinking about biologic therapy. So speaking of blockages again, is it okay to use a cotton swab or other object to help keep the ear canal clear from debris? Well, if you ask the ear, nose, and throat doctors, they would say really to ch- that we should be discouraging that, that it's not a good idea. What you don't want is someone to be poking that scale further into the ear canal, um, putting them at further risk for a full blockage. If somebody is going to use a Q-tip, at least they should refrain from putting it down the canal and use it just in the conchal bowl and very gently. But I think it's the ear and folks' recommendation that that we counsel our patients to avoid it when we can. Is it okay to use a Q-tip if you're applying a topical into the ear canal? I I think there, um, 
you know, yeah, very carefully. I generally, though, really encourage my uh, patients to use the pulpy part of their finger and just try to gently massage it around. Uh, that I, I feel a little more comfortable with that approach, but I do know that some patients will very delicately try to um, put that medication on the canal with a Q-tip. And what are the challenges of treating ear psoriasis? I think the biggest challenge is it's... Um, it's one thing to try to treat the skin on the back of the ear or in the conchal bowl where it's so easy to reach. But when it's down that canal, it is so very difficult to reach without, you know, medicinal tools. And therefore, I think it's just hard to access the skin uh, to apply the medication. So I think that's the biggest, um, the biggest problem. I think the other big problem is that we don't tend to talk about it, so that we don't really give our patients good directions for how to approach it. And so, um, you know, that that often it's sort of skipped over. I think the um, that's those are the biggest challenges, I think. And is it possible to prevent ear psoriasis? I don't think we know how to prevent ear psoriasis, um, except by trying to counsel patients to minimize uh, anything that's going to hurt the ear because we do know that traumas anywhere on the body could trigger psoriasis. But I think what the, what's important to that we take away from this conversation is that ear psoriasis deserves treatment just like every other kind of psoriasis deserves treatment. And sometimes that can be done with topicals fairly simply by the patient at home without uh, much further ado. But when that fails, then just like other difficult-to-treat areas like palms, soles, um, ear psoriasis can be very persnickety and very challenging and, and cause deficits for patients, compromising their ability to hear. So that these areas uh, deserve treatment just as much as any other area, and potentially even um, some of our most aggressive therapies when needed. And in closing, what do you feel is the most important takeaway from our discussion today about ear psoriasis for people who have psoriatic disease? If you have uh, psoriasis in your ears, speak up about it. Mention it to your doctor um, and and seek care for it. And both um, that might require working with your dermatologist. It also might require working with uh, an ear, nose, and throat doctor. But understand that it's very treatable on the, in the ears, just like it's treatable everywhere on the body. Great. Thank you so much, Dr. Van Voorhees, for your time today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sound Bites for people with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. If you or someone you love has ever struggled with psoriatic disease, our hope is that through this series, you'll gain information to help you lead a healthier life and inspire you to look to the future. Please join us in a couple weeks for another inspiring podcast. You can find this or all future episodes of Soundbites on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and the National Psoriasis Foundation webpage. To learn more about this topic or others, please visit psoriasis.org or contact us with your questions or comments by email at podcast at psoriasis.org.